Welcome to Blaze and Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. I'm Blaze Bryant, Facebook.com slash Blaze and Shows, B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows, same with Twitter and my brand new website. Go check it out, BlazeandShows.com. Hope all is well with you as we're going to have part one of the Albany mayoral debate disabilities edition between Democratic candidate Valerie Faust, a preacher, and the Republican candidate who we're going to hear from this week, Alicia Purdy. Hi, everybody. Thank you for allowing me to have a discussion with you today. I'm really excited to speak with you all. My name is Alicia Purdy. I am a white female. I have very short red hair. I am sitting in a room. I have a, a cat who has recently jumped in here because I forgot to close the door. So I have a cat sitting next to me and I am wearing a turquoise um, Indian top called a kurta and some silver jewelry that my mom gave me a pair of earrings with a little bit of a zebra print on them. And fun fact about me, I have a tattoo on my neck. So I'll introduce myself to you and um, also let you know I have a fiddle leaf fig plant in the background. Um, so my name is Alicia Purdy and my background is in journalism. I'm a journalist. I have a master's degree in journalism and my background in journalism has been in politics and government and business. This is my first time running for office, although I have always wanted to run for office and I encourage everybody to run for office. I think it's a really worthy endeavor. And if you have an aspiration to do that, I don't think anything should get in your way. I really think that having good people who care step up and run for elected office is what will help transform our world of representative of Every ability, color, shape, size, what have you, we should all be represented in forms of government. So that's a little bit about me. I am a mom. I've got five children that range in age from 21 all the way down to five years old. I've been living in Albany for about 20 years. And I can do the alphabet in sign language so I can say that my name is Alicia and it's nice to meet everybody. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, if anyone has any um, questions for Alicia, I will invite you to um, unmute yourself and go ahead and ask, ask your question. Okay, I'll give people some time to think and I will ask one of the questions sure. from the sample question list. So people in the community are beginning to look for jobs again after the pandemic. And the unemployment rate for people with disabilities in the U.S. is about 13%. If elected, how would you help alleviate the unemployment crisis or the employment crisis for people with disabilities? So we know that statistically speaking, people with disabilities are more than twice as likely not to have jobs as people with abilities. And I think that is a terrible thing. Um, one of the things that's important to me, and I come at this with my journalism background, is I always want to know why. Why are people with disabilities not being employed? And that those answers are complex. They can range from uh, a lack of transportation to a lack of enforcement 
of the ADA, screening processes can be a problem to people with disabilities who are who are thrust out of a job um, if they disclose their, their disability. So it's important that we understand why people are not being employed. And I'm gonna keep my answer specific to the city of Albany because on the, on the larger scale, um, that's, that's outside of my control. And I really wanna focus on people who live in Albany. So first of all, I wanna say, it is a very complex issue and it's important that we understand why. So as a once just say we, we've done that, um, maybe some of the reasons are there aren't, there's not an awareness of the type of careers available or people need some ongoing education on how to perform well in a career that they desire. Um, so I think that one of the things a city needs to do is they need to have clear goals in place and that they're held accountable for their efforts and the promises that they make, um, whether on the campaign trail or other. But intra-agency cooperation is something that I was thinking about. I had a talk earlier with Shamika and she gave me actually a perfect example of how to verbalize this. So I'm gonna steal from Shamika for a minute. Transportation, housing, and employment. Okay, so those are three agencies if you will, in the city of Albany that cannot exist in a vacuum and must have cohesion between them, cooperation, so that when we have somebody who's having a transportation issue, that may not be the only issue. Maybe now it's an accessibility issue and they can't get to their workplace. And so um, there's got to be, and I don't know that there is in the city of Albany from anything I've researched so far, um, where agencies work together to facilitate a person with a disability being able to have employment. And if there's discrimination on the other side, that needs to absolutely be flushed out as well. And I think it does exist. I do think discrimination does exist, even though it's unpopular and it's been legislated. Um, I think that it is important to uncover from people who have tried to apply for a job. So not approaching it from an agency level, but talking to people and saying, you know, what, what have been your barriers? And then going after those barriers specifically, I never wanna legislate or attack, attach, uh, attack something from the top and assume that I understand why somebody is being affected because of their disability. I really want to hear from people what are they seeing? What are they experiencing? What reasons were they given? And then we can come there and say, let's talk about the solutions to the problem. People, people are my platform as a mayoral candidate. And you're going to hear that over and over again. Um, people have not been heard. And I think the best way to attack a problem is to harness the power of the people. Awesome. Thank you so much. We have a question in the chat. Um, it says, Back in the 1990s, when I worked for the Center for Independence, one of the most frequent calls I got was this. I just became disabled and I need to find an accessible and affordable apartment now. The demand for accessible apartments outstrips the supply by far in this old city. What strategies will you employ to remedy this? Um, and then it goes on to say, also Atlanta and Austin are going further and require new construction of private homes to be adaptable and visible. That is a policy that should be adopted everywhere. What action will you take to make this happen? So I completely agree with you that a there needs to be something in place that ensures accessibility to affordable housing to people with disabilities. Um, and again, I don't wanna presume what someone may or may not want. And I do know that there are areas in Albany where 
you could live in a you could live an apartment life, for example, um, if if that's something that you would want. However, I think that there are also I know that there are also people who would like a single family home, a detached dwelling. And oftentimes those are not constructed for people with disabilities. Uh, maybe it's difficult to modify them. Um, but I think that part of construction, so so to use the example from um, Atlanta and, and Austin, yes, I do agree that modification, building something with the potential of a disabled person living there in mind, making that um, able to be modified easily should absolutely be something the city has um, precedence for. Because multiple studies have shown that when we make um, accessibility to a home um, the standard or even accessibility to the street or whatever, it becomes actually, it fits a universal need, almost like the need we didn't know we had. And so so that's one aspect. Yes, I do support what's going on, uh, what happened in Atlanta um, and the other city, I think it was Austin. Um, so let's let's talk about affordability affordability um, across all levels, whether you've got you know more money and you're disabled or you don't have as much money and you need some services, um, I support having, which the city doesn't have, there's, there's a scattered effect in the city of Albany of what's available and how to access it easily. There isn't a centralized place or even a person in charge who's, who you can get to, to say, here's what's available in Albany. Here are landlords in, in your area who have accessible home, who already have, they're already accessible. Um, here are some housing um, options. If you are somebody who, you know, prefers to live alone, um, if you're able to, or you need to have, you know, access to get to these facilities that are maybe closer to where you want to live, there isn't anything really in place to help somebody do that. Um, nobody ever knows who to call and there isn't um, a clear path to that. And so having somebody in place is going to be huge. That's going to be one of the major steps here, but also making it affordable. There are homes in Albany that are affordable, but they're not affordable maybe for somebody who needs it modified for a disabled person. But I've talked to a, talk, spoken to a number of landlords um, and people who own housing units who are not only not against doing something like that, but they're very much for doing things like that and, and opening their homes and modifying their homes or making them able to be modified. That is here available in the city of Albany, but does the average person know about it or know how to access it? No. And that's a huge gap in the city of Albany um, across the board. But when you talk about disabled, it's, it's an even smaller group and it often gets overlooked. And so anyway, all that to say, I, I completely support that. And there's a lot of work to be done there. And I think that it can be done. I don't think it's an impossible task. I just think somebody needs to come along and ensure that that's what happens. Thank you so much. Um, I see that Colette has her hand up, but Megan, um, your hand, or you've been unmuted for a while. So if you have a question, I'll let you go first and then we can pass it off to Colette. Great. Thanks, Helen. Um, so, um, hi, thanks for being here. I wanted to ask um, basically about uh, complete streets. I know that there are concerns from different um, parts of the disability community about making sure that the city of Albany 
keep sidewalks accessible, that curb cuts are not just there, but maintained. Um, and also, uh, as someone who's blind, Albany has some what we call accessible pedestrian signals, which is the um, audible uh, noise at some intersections you hear downtown um, to let people know when it's safe to cross the street. And there's certain types of intersections where that's necessary, but they're not maintained and the city's not always uh, very responsive to the community when those requests are made. And so I'm interested in hearing about um, your commitment and prioritization of these types of issues. You know, snow removal is another big one for people with mobility impairments um, uh, in the winter months um, and just making sure that you know, the disability community kind of has a voice um, with the city with these issues. Um, okay. So, okay, so so if I forget to address any one of those questions, please feel free to remind me. Um, so I'm a, my family and I are walking people. We love to walk around the city of Albany and ride our bikes and I'm a runner. Um, curb cuts matter. <laughs> and so what I was saying earlier still applies that when you modify something, it's, it's called the curb cut effect, actually. When you modify something for somebody who's disabled, it becomes a universal benefit to everybody in the city. So, mm -hmm. so curb cuts, for example, I'll just, I'll just use that as a small example. Um, snow removal, yes, absolutely an issue. And I want to say it's not just an issue in the disabled community. That's actually a citywide issue that a lot of people struggle with. It comes up a lot when I'm talking to people. Um, and the unresponsiveness of the city, some of the, and, and maintaining a, a curb cut, for example, or, or even um, retrofitting one, that's not an impossible task. And it's not an expensive task, by the way, to, to cut out a curb and make it uh, more accessible, but, and keeping them clear. Some of that falls on the shoulders of DGS, for example, that's a whole different ball of wax. And that is, that's definitely an issue. People want to know, and I'm not criticizing DGS at all. They've got their own thing going on, but people want to know where are they? People say, move, you know, move the snow removal to the department of transportation, get it out of the hands of DGS. So there's a whole, there's a whole different argument over there, but I'm agreeing with you that work needs to be done. And it is a priority to me. I live in the city of Albany. I walk down the streets. I've tripped over the snow, um, garbage on the curb cuts, you know, people parking in front of them. Those are definitely issues. And some of that is the um, sort of the overlooking of the everyday livability that we all, we all want to have in our city and you should have. And so livability is actually one of my platforms uh, as I'm campaigning for mayor. Livability comes up all the time. And it's these things, when I ask people, I say, look, it's not petty for you to want to not trip over garbage at a curb cut or broken glass. Um, these are things that, that give the city a shabby appearance on top of being dangerous or preventative, even to someone with disabilities, um, to having a, a, being able to cross the street and not step in a pile of glass or garbage or whatever that might be. Yes, those, those are issues. And as a mayor, one of the major things that I plan to come after is, is this livability. So these things that, that come up that seem small, they're not, they become huge, like a pebble in your shoe. Eventually you're going to, it's going to affect your ability to walk. And so 
a, a very good question and a universal one. And absolutely one of the things that I'll be tackling is these are these livability things and curb cuts were already on my hit parade, <laughs> um, as was snow removal. Um, and one more thing I wanted to address that you, that you asked was the, um, the lack of ability to access, uh, Shamika had maybe brought this up on the side earlier, comes up all the time, the lack of ability to access city hall and to get a response about any issue that, that you raise. I cannot tell you how many people, I would say 88% of people that I talk to have tried actually to reach out to city hall and access the mayor's office uh, or any city services about these issues and they get no response. That matters. One of the things, and I, and I call that accountability. So I, I, my platform is the alt, all is an alternative platform. It's accountability, livability, and transparency. So under accountability, holding the city, and, and I'm, if I may, or I apply the same thing to myself, holding the city accountable to the taxpayers, to the residents that live in the city and saying, why can't I get in touch with you about these things? And now, now nothing's being done. So one of the things that I will be doing, should I be elected mayor, is I want to create um, a, a force of people that I call them boots on the ground or street soldiers, you know, people who go around and it is their job as city employees to understand maybe their neighborhood by neighborhood or ward by ward, people who it is their job to know what is going on in their community and their neighborhood and to address these things directly with people. And it will be their job to make sure that they get in touch with the right agency. They follow through. Did this get fixed for you? Did you, did you find that somebody showed up and, and cleaned this up? Did, you know, whatever that might be, that does not exist in the city of Albany. And I can't find anywhere that it ever has existed. And so that's a really novel approach for me as my uh, brand here as the people's mayor is to make sure that there are the people's everyday livability is addressed, not by a phone tree, not by a secretary, but by a human being whose job it is to ensure that livability is addressed neighborhood by neighborhood in the city of Albany. I hope that answers all your questions. Thank you. Yeah, mostly does. The only other aspect of complete streets I mentioned were the accessible pedestrian signals okay. and making sure that the city maintains them because they have some that are like dying. <laughs> I do know. Uh, and then others that really need to be installed. But, um, you know, and you did talk about the lack of responsiveness um, from yeah, the city, so but that's is, related. Is yeah. In the city of all, maintaining anything is a problem. And that would, that would fall under it too. One of the yeah. things we all struggle with is this, this shabby, unkempt sort of reputation we have in the city of all. <laughs> For being junky, you guys, and so, <laughs> yeah. So, so when you when you talk about things like that, um, first of all, putting a an actual human being in place whose job it is to address those and to say, okay, so we just got a call about this. You know, these are these <laughs> these vocal vocalized uh, crossing signals are dying or warbled or whatever that is. Um, that there's a human being in charge of that for sure, and that there are people who are sent out to do their jobs that they get paid for to make sure these are not complex issues, but they're not getting addressed. And so, yeah, so that's, that really does fall under the maintenance of the city. I, there are people in the South end and all they want is a light bulb and they've been asking for three years for a light bulb that, that matters. And so, yes, there needs to be a leader in place who is going to accomplish these things. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Thank you so much. I'm going to um, pass it off now to Colette. Um, Donna Jean, if you want to unmute to, to relay the question, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let me just find her screen one second. Um, Helen, can you actually pin her so I can see her better for yeah. me? Thank you. Gonna add to the spotlight. There we go. Thank you. Hi there. My name is Colette Steves, and, and I'm a representative of Albany area here. And I work with Empire State Agency for the Deaf. And I just kind of want to explain, you know, I, I, I did kind of type some of the information in the chat box, but, but I could let you read that, but I guess I can repeat what I typed. That's no problem. So, you know, some things I'd, I'm not sure if people are aware of what you've talked about or not, or what, I just want to talk about the challenges and the frustrations that we've had in our community. And you know, there's physical interviews and um, different, you know, televised things. Um, just like right now, we're on Zoom. There's lots of different platforms that people can use. There's captioning, accessibility that we have, and sometimes we don't have that. And that's obviously an issue for access for us. And I was wondering what your views on that is for interpreters and captioning purposes. Also, um, I really think it would be useful for people um, you know, if there's workshops or trainings on Zoom, that way they can just have, that way the communication just, you know, it's, it's accessible for everybody. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to get at? Is that clear? Um, it is. Do you, are you referring specifically to city hall, that, that accessibility in terms of things that a mayor would be responsible for? Or are you, I'm not sure if you're talking about in the larger sense, um, what, are you talking about a mayoral press conference, for example, having an interpreter at a mayoral press conference, um, or whenever we go out and do something representative of the city, that there's somebody there who can who can facilitate communication between the deaf community and the hearing community? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, one of the things I have noticed, so I have several deaf relatives, which is why I have a little tiny bit of sign language. Um, and that has come up many times. And I, so when you have that in your life, you start to see through a different set of eyes. And I have noticed when um, there are certain events, especially if there are events that crop up like a response to something um, in the moment, maybe it's even a shooting or a crime. Um, there is that lack of communication again, facilitating communication between the city and the average individual of, of all abilities is a big deal and a huge gap in the city of Albany. And so I, I completely advocate for having somebody there. Now, we can't obviously accommodate every language on earth at a, at a press conference and, and have 35 interpreters at a press conference. But we know that our city first of all, is predominantly filled with English speakers. And so, and so that's okay. But secondarily to that, a large community of hearing impaired or deaf people, um, closed captioning may or may not be available in the moment, uh, but certainly an ASL interpreter, I think it should be standard to anything that the city is doing. One thing I will say 
is that when um, you are on the spot and you have to give a statement, like I said, the closed captioning may or may not be available, but in that moment, but there are ways to engineer that. There are also ways to use platforms that accommodate that. So I'll give you an example. One of my complaints that the mayor's office does is that they have removed from the people um, accessibility under the First Amendment, the people's press and the right to free speech. And so what, what the mayor's office has done is they have bypassed public access television and they broadcast press, uh, pressers, um, conferences, statements from Facebook Live, which can be hard for captioning, YouTube, which can be hard for captioning, um, especially if they don't have an ASL um, interpreter present on the spot. Um, but public access allows you to have um, a, an engineered later, more accurate form of closed captioning so that you're not stuck with YouTube, which we all know our Facebook mixes up words and says wonky things. Um, and those little, those little tweaks to um, approaching the people from a leadership standpoint are, they seem little, but they're actually huge in conveying information in being able to provide uh, services to people, to letting people understand what exactly is happening, especially in times of pain, trouble, turmoil, um, confusion. So as I said at the top, what I don't want to do is assume that I know what somebody needs. I hate when people do that to me. And what I would love to be able to do as mayor, and this, this, applies to every citizen who has a concern, not just the disabled, but certainly and and definitely the disabled community is is bring people into the discussion who are affected by these things or the lack thereof and say, what would greatly expand your ability to feel like you are included in the things that the city does? And if you say, look, as a representative or advocate, these are issues that need to be addressed for us right from the top, then that's what I want to hear rather than assuming I know that you want or need something that I have no experience with. Thank you so much, Alicia. Um, we, I do want to give um, Valerie enough time to, to present, so I'll let you do a, um, a quick closing and then we'll pass it off to okay. Valerie. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, in my closing remarks, I do want to tell you my platform is a mayoral candidate in the city of Albany. I've called myself the people's mayor because what I'm saying earlier is that I really believe the transformation of the city of Albany will start by the power of the people, by empowering people, by bringing people into the discussion, by being accessible to people. And so the three prong approach is livability transparency and accountability that will be the building blocks of how we turn Albany around. And I want you to know there's no concern too petty. There isn't anything too small that City Hall should not be made aware of and should care about. It's important to me. And because um, on a human being level, 
Um, you should have a leader that cares about your experience in this city. That's really a mayor's job. It's not to have press conferences. It's to care about what you go through day to day, regardless of circumstance, color, wealth, um, economic status, or any other factor. And so I hope that when you guys um, are exploring candidates, that that's something that you take a look at because your everyday livability in the city matters. We'll hear from Valerie Faust next week. The debate was moderated by Helen Helmuth from Disability Rights New York, and I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the passing of Jay Casper, who is a disability rights activist and filmmaker. Jay passing away from natural causes last week. Condolences to him and his family. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Blaze and Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. What do you think? Let me know at facebook.com slash blazinshows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows. On Twitter at blazinshows. Or email me at blazinshows at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and at my website, blazinshows.com. To quote the late Christopher Reeve, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk again next week. On Blaze and Access, I'm Blaze Bryant.